This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Stability has never felt better than with the Gel Kayano 30. Updated with a 4D guidance system for support right when you need it and pure gel technology for softer landings every time. Visit ASICS.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Welcome to episode number 303 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a big show coming at you this week. Uh, plenty to talk about at the World Champs. It's going on over at Budapest at the moment. A lot of drama over there too the last couple of days. So looking forward to chatting about that. World, no not world, Australian Cross Country Championships to kind of preview, which is coming up this weekend. Um, Croaks isn't here, but we've got a big guest filling in. And um, yeah, we'll do all the other stuff that we do each and every other week. Welcome to my co-host. He's uh, just under four weeks out from the Sydney Marathon and the last Australian male we've sent to the World Championships for the marathon back in 2019. Joining us from Anglesey, Julian Spence. How are you going? I'm good. Thank you. That's good. What's happening? Um, about to go back to regular work hours now. So I've had my little move-in period this last week and now back to normal. We had a whole week off to move. No, I did go to work one day, but the rest of the time I did um, have to move, and like I needed it. I'm still, we're still not fully done. Yeah, it's, okay. it, it's hard work moving. Yeah, well, you're telling me last Especially, week how hard it was. Oh, it's it, I mean, that was Monday. That was only two days of it. Now I'm like eight or nine days in. And it's it's really beat me up. Okay, we'll hear about it. We're going to be hearing about this for yeah. weeks, Brady. <laughs> if you haven't realised already, Ali Pashley is our filling guest host. She uh, recently came second at the Australian Half Marathon Championships last weekend. Also third at the Gold Coast Half Marathon this year. The fifth fastest Australian 10,000 metre runner of all time. Welcome back, Ali. Due to popular demand, our Patreon listener survey, you're the most popular uh, distance runner in Australia for the females. Congratulations <laughs> with that title. That's probably because I'm yeah filling host every second week. Hey, claim so it, claim <laughs> it. Have to hear a fair bit about me. Chuck it in the Instagram bio or something, can you? Yeah. yeah How I'm many of there. those responses came from an IP address in um, Aries? <laughs> <laughs> I can't go that deep on Google Docs, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> I reckon a higher amount. <laughs> Still open that survey, by the way, listeners, if you want to fill that out. There's some interesting questions in there, which one of the questions is, who is your favourite distance runner in Australia, male and female? And Ali's winning. Not sure percentage-wise. I'll open that in a second and tell you. But what's been happening, Did you Ali? ask who their favourite host was? Host? No, we should have, shouldn't we? Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, probably too scared to put that in. You don't want to come yeah, back. No, nah, you would have won, Brady. Oh, you reckon? Everyone likes you the most, yeah. Definitely. Don't know about that. Says who? No one tells you guys these things. This is all the chat behind the scenes. 
the podcast. Everyone band. just this is what they this is the feedback I get. They say, "Geez, you're really funny. You'd be you're great. That'd be nothing without you." That's the first <laughs> bit of feedback I get. The next bit is, "Geez, Brady sounds like a jockey." And then the third bit is, "Fuck, Brad complains a lot, doesn't he?" <laughs> Yeah, but you only hang around people that are like really like pat you on the back, I reckon. You're very selective about having people that pump up your tyres around you. Uh, Kip Chogi's back winning though. He's He's got 50.7% against uh, Kipton, 49.3% of who the uh, listeners think is going to dominate the marathon world in the back half of 2023. And uh, yeah, Ali, 29.9% of the listeners like you the most. Jess Stens, oh no, Sinead Diver second, 24.8%. Um, Jess Stenson third, fifteen point three percent. Yeah, Sinead said she was going to start ragging on me to try mm. and get her um her points up. I a reckon bit. that has yeah gone up a bit since we looked at it last week. So there could be something going on there. But Ali, what's been happening? You reco- recover well off the back of our Sunshine Coast last week? Yeah, not too bad actually. I was a bit tired, but I was nowhere near as beat as beat up as I was after Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, not too much. Just getting back into it and. Bit of cross country relaying on the weekend. So mm, that was we'll talk fun. about that. We um, happy with the result. Like a bit slower than Gold Coast, but I guess a bit of a different type of race. And that hill looks significant at Sunshine Coast. Just looking at everyone's Strava. Yeah, the hill is solid. Like I, I was a bit disappointed with the time, but after running that course, I'm I actually don't know how we ran so much faster last time. Like Lisa ran sixty eight. Uh, 68.48 maybe on that course, which is just crazy because that hill is solid. Um, I think this time it was a bit warmer than last time I did it and I, I kind of just thought that the race would bring a faster time with it, but I, I think we were a little slow early and then even though we were sort of um, going at each other, like Jen and I for the whole race basically, yeah, we, we couldn't quite get under 70. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure, but it, it was it was a really fun race to be a part of, and like obviously a little bit disappointed not to win. But it, I knew, like I basically did everything I could to try and beat her, and she was just too good. So I, I you know, you can't be disappointed with that, really. Yeah, I read your Instagram post, and you kind of um, mentioned Jen in there about how she's such a competitor and must be one yeah. of the hardest people to beat on the roads. But I guess the women's distance running scene. You'd probably throw another four or five names out, and they're probably just as hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, like there obviously were a few missing from that race, but Jen just, I think even like races that going into it you wouldn't think she's going to win. She she just manages to come out on top on the roads, and and like you can see tactically the whole race, like she knew what she had to do to beat me, um, and. Yeah, basically she <laughs> nailed it. So yeah, she's a she's a very good racer and and like a smart racer too. I think she, yeah, she knows how to how to win and how to play to her strengths and you know what other people's strengths are and how she needs to yeah work against them basically. Yeah, did you stay up there and get some sun for a while or straight back? No, I actually flew back Sunday, Arvo. Um, yeah, I I'd been up there for a couple of days. I had to do a couple of things before it. Uh, for the race so yeah um, I came home Sunday Arvo but oh the weather is so beautiful up there it was 27 degrees Saturday and Sunday and it's just yeah ridiculous that that's their winter. What was the um, temperature during your race? I think it was 16 when we started so it wasn't beautiful weather yeah it was perfect weather 
No, nah, it was like, it, yeah, it wasn't, it was much worse for the marathoners because it really started rising a little bit later. But it, it's funny, like even 16, 17, when there's sun on the road and it, the humidity, I think, has just started to go up in Queensland. Mm, so yeah. compared to Gold Coast, it was, it felt significantly warmer. So I think, yeah, I mean, it, was, it definitely wasn't too bad for our race. And I think you could have still run a really fast time um, in those conditions if maybe we take the hill out. But yeah, it's still, it, it, I found it a little warm. Okay. How much climbing was there in the half? I should have um, a look at that. Yeah. Well, I'll have a look while you do your thing. I just looked at all the um, guys Strava as well, and they were running like 315s and stuff over that hill. Which is it's a pretty big hill. Yeah. I've jogged over it. And yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I, when I jogged over, I'm like, they're not putting a race over this, surely. Like, this, <laughs> this is incredibly steep. But maybe I was wrong. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I think because it's early in the race. Like I felt, I felt like last time it didn't really affect it as much as it did this time. But because the rest of the race is dead flat, it's like a really, really fast course. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that you go over it and then have to come back over it again, it yeah, it is. It is quite taxing. Like we were running sort of 325s, 326s over the hill, so quite a bit slower than our well, overall you, pace. You, you ran a 331. Oh, did I? Yeah, over the hill. The second time you went over the oh, hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did too, yeah. But it was 59 metres, and that's not much for a half. That's actually pretty flat, really. That's a marathon, 120 yeah. metres for a marathon. That's really flat. Yeah. That's like London, right? Yeah, maybe... London might even be a bit more than that. Yeah, that doesn't sound like much at all. But I guess the the fifty nine meters is all in that hill. Let me so grab someone else. Let me grab someone else. Thirty meters each way. It's going to be good to have you here, Ali. You've been getting slagged off a bit the last couple of weeks, so um, looking forward to hearing your side of some of these stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Should be good. You want to take us through your week? Monday, I guess, is a recovery day, and then yeah, you ended up at the um, XCR relays on Saturday. Yep. So, yeah, I flew back Sunday, Arvo. So Monday I just did two shorter easy runs. So I think I did eight in the morning and about seven and a half in the afternoon. Um, and I was just fatigued. My heart rate was really high. I wasn't particularly sore anywhere but just felt a bit crap. Um, Tuesday started to feel a bit better. So I did an hour in the morning and 6K in the Arvo on the treddy. Uh, Wednesday I had, it wasn't really a session, but we had a run to the barn. So the last 20 minutes, the idea was to pick up the pace, but to be honest, I felt like we were going pretty fast from the start of this run. So it was with, uh, Jules and Liam Hannes. So we started at Jules's house kind of at the top of the hill in Anglesey. And then we did a pretty hilly out and back. So we ran mostly down for the first eight Ks and then turned around and, started running back up and then yeah for about the last uh five or six k started to pick up the pace so we were sort of running like yeah 358s for the last 5k but uphill which felt quite a bit harder and then 338 or so at the end um but again yeah all uphill so that was yeah I found that quite hard, actually. Jules was it's telling me pretty... how he was just jogging. 
Well, I was, but that was pretty hilly. 300, uh, no, 300 meters in 16K. It's yeah, like a decent, decent hilly run that one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but that was all right. Then just easy 6K in the Arvo. The next morning ran with Bree. Um, so we just did some surges. We ran out and back from my house in Aries. Uh, yeah, we were doing sort of slightly different surges. So we were just yo-yoing each other and kind of chatting in between, which was nice. Um, Friday, I just had an hour in the morning with 10, 10 second hill reps. So just a bit of a primer for the race on Saturday, uh, six and a half K flat in the up. Oh, not flat, treadmill in the Arvo. And then, yeah, Saturday was the Ekaden Relay. So I had a 7.7K leg and instructions were threshold. Um, so I wore my heart rate strap. I don't know about you, Brady, but it was pretty hard to try and run threshold effort on this loop. It's pretty hard to run any effort <laughs> on that, that loop. Yeah. It's, it's it was... the worst race. Well, so I did this a few years ago when it was the 8K, 8K yeah. straight cross country, and I actually really liked that it, but good. this course was different. Yeah, other side of the water. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I don't remember any of this, but it was basically like, so I, at the last minute, I threw other shoes in other than my spikes because I've been getting a sore planter after every race of, um, after all the cross country races in spikes. So I was like, I don't need to do that to myself today. I'll just um, bring some other shoes. Anyway, thank God that was not a spike course. Did you wear spikes? No, but but I don't know. The first, I feel like the first forty percent, fifty percent of the course is, but then yeah, yeah and I yeah, you did what the seven the K leg, yeah, yeah. We then went you're bit... basically on a trail. Yeah, you do that yep. dipper, which is like full gravel trail. Yep, rocky. And then you're on a gravel rocky road for a bit. Yep, and yeah. The shorter anyway, was, the leg, the more appropriate it is for spikes. Yeah, true. There was still that trail, that big dipper hill for everybody, though, wasn't there? No, the last two legs didn't oh, do that. Okay. Yeah, so I think they're yeah. like 5K leg and the 4K leg, depending on which division you're in, because it's quite confusing that every division kind of runs different um, legs, which is one yeah. of my questions. Like, So you guys are Division 2. You guys didn't have to do the 8K leg. No, so we only have four runners, so our longest leg was 7.7. But then the men, the Premier Division, Div 2, Div 3 and Div 4 had to do that leg. I can't make sense of it. Oh, it's a bit like, sexist, isn't that's it? That's what I was thinking. Are they saying like the Div 2, <laughs> Div 3, Div 4 women aren't good enough to do that? Like it's too scary for them? Because that, yeah. that leg is cooked. The further you go out, it turns into a 20% gradient. Like oh, really? There's a huge hill out there. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty, yeah, tough, like for anyone that didn't do it, you basically start, you're almost downhill at the start on like a grass, but it's pretty thick paddock grass. Yep, which you need the spikes for that. Like you're trying to run around there in flats and you're like, this is terrible, I can't get going. Yeah, and then it kind of, yeah, the terrain changes a bit from there, but um, yeah, it it was harder than I was expecting. So, And I was, like I had my heart rate strap on, I was wasn't looking at my watch much because I was sort of concentrating on where I was putting my feet and then my I think I went too hard at the start and then my heart rate would have been too high for probably most of the run um but I was trying to get it to come down a bit on the flatter sections and the downhills 
but yeah, looking at it now, it's definitely way too high. Um, but yeah, we won Divi two, so we'll be getting promoted to Div one next season, which is good. Have you got it sewn up already team. with two races to go? I think we do. Yeah, oh, that's I good. Think we're winning by quite a lot, so um, we won every round, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we've got a good team this year, so that should be fun for next year. So you need um, a good team next year. That's the thing. Now you got to get because what do you need? Another runner for a lot of rounds. You need five for the women's premier, but like. I mean, aside from this weekend, we only had four, but I think we could have got more if we needed. But we've had, like, excess women every week. We've had girls running in the men's team some weeks, which is a thing that we've never had. Well, as, far, as long as I've run for Geelong for, we've never been able to get enough girls for a team, let alone had excess. So, um, yeah. So I think we should be fine with Did- that side of things. We just, like, yeah, obviously want to be competitive in, in Premier, but I think we will be even if we have the same team, same girls we've got this year. Did the men ask you to run in their team this round, Ali? You would have fitted in pretty well in that nah. Premier Division men's team. <laughs> they didn't. Probably the best runner in that team, I reckon. Yes. <laughs> they finished yet, your men's team? <laughs> hey, do you know what the difference Matt is? Matt Gunther was eating ham and cheese sandwiches 10 seconds before he started his race. <laughs> <laughs> we, still we still showed yeah, up, Brady. We showed still up got for the, the last position, yeah. You know what? A lot of teams don't show up. Haven't formed teams all year, <laughs> Div 1 teams, and we still showed up. Uh, got a few you, well, you didn't for... show up. Where were you? Moving house. <laughs> still. <laughs> you went. <laughs> what? So, you finished hell. by then. Back to this performance. Still... I put in some context. You've averaged 3.43 pace for 7.7K. That's actually not bad. Out there. I know it's actually, but for people who don't know the course, you look at this and go, "Oh, how can that be so hard?" Three forty-three pace for someone who's just run a half marathon the week before it. What three eighteens, three twenties? Yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised. I thought I felt like I was running that slow that when I finished, I was expecting. I thought it might be closer to four minutes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's. I, I was um, saying to the girls on Sunday, actually, you, it's the kind of round that you'd be a little bit nervous if you were running a marathon in a few weeks, you'd almost sit it out, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's actually dangerous. I think they should scrap it. Like, I don't think yeah. that's what people sign up for, like, especially that dipper. Like, there's people coming back with blood on their legs and, yeah, I think that's more like trail running, Spartan races, that kind of stuff. You don't sign yeah. up for that when you're doing, like, cross country. Is it different to last year? Um, the dipper? The dipper wasn't that bad, I didn't think. Did you do the – you did one of the shorter legs last year, didn't you? No, I reckon I did the dipper. Yeah, the... it's like a it's like a trail. Yeah, yeah I did the trail. dipper last yeah. year. That was it's, all right. It's pretty steep. But running through it at Alley and I's pace is a bit different than yours last year. I reckon you were running five minute K pace through that. Because <laughs> you were real unfit, remember? Yeah, I remember. Coming back remember. from knee surgery or something, weren't you? I thought uh, – He's I an old I... trail runner from way back yeah. there. Yeah, the I reckon. The faster you go, the more dangerous that dipper is. A lot of carry-on from the road runners here. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. We're precious, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> so imagine cancelling cross-country because it was a bit too unstable underfoot. Nah, I'm all for unstableness. I'm all for hills, but just But you're not, though, because you don't run any hills. Mate, I wasn't the guy whinging about thing. having dodgy ankles at um, Bandura. What are you talking about? That's you. No, I wasn't complaining about the. I was complaining you were about complaining about Bandura, this was, yeah. yeah. Much, this much, makes Bandura look like a frat. Your ankles race. would not have got around this course, Jules. Anyway, Lucky you didn't come. Big long run the next day, Ali. Yeah, the next day. Um, 
so I actually only had 32 on my program, but um, Simone McGuinness, who Jules coaches, she was doing a 34K steady long run. With I think she totaled about 40Ks for her run, so she had a big day. Um, so I ran the first half of my run with uh, Bree, Chelsea, Eliza and Seb, um, like some of the other crew that weren't doing a session. And then I jumped in with Sim for the last 16K or so of her run. Um, so we just were out at Freshwater Creek, which is not too hilly, which is quite nice after Saturday. Uh, so I ended up doing 34K um, on Sunday. But, yeah, that was that was good. It was, it's, you know, when somebody else is doing a session, it's always like, I don't know, it makes it go quicker and it's, yeah. It's nice. It's not that often that you get to jump in and do other people's sessions with them when you're not doing a marathon and they are. So um, that was quite fun. And Jules was out there too doing his his big workout as well. So, yeah, so I think 142.5K for the week. Um, so, yeah, feeling I feel good. I feel like I've by the end of the week I felt recovered from sunny coast. So ready to do some training now. I feel like I've been racing a lot and I'm – I almost feel like I need a bit of a break from racing and just to get some months of training. Okay. You've been racing a lot. What's coming up? Yeah, what I have you, been. What do you been? Lot. You did the half. I've done the two. I've done three half marathons in the last two months. I've done XCR. Um, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Come on, coach, XCR. go easy on that. XCR. <laughs> when did you race at XCR? I can't remember that. Thunder. I think he means no. when you've had competition. Actual race I've done, Yeah, I've done a few of the XCRs. Are you doing Burnley in two weeks? Um, no, I'm not racing it. I'm, I'll be there jogging or doing a session or something. Yeah. Not allowed to race it, which, yeah, I've, I've, I think that's good. I've, I was nearly going to ask you, Jules, if I could race it, but then I actually feel like I'd need a bit of a break from half marathons. <laughs> you do not need to race Burnley half. That is, yeah, that's a nothing event. What about um, yeah. the cross country this week, Ali? Not on the start list for that. Good prize money. You're the best cross country runner in Australia, but you're not going to be there. Nah, I decided not to do national cross. I, like same thing, I think, because I was going to be coming off sunny coast, and I, I sort of like I've only got a few more weeks till I'll start my marathon block, um, and I just. Yeah, I just want to have some weekends at home. I've also been going away a lot on weekends and I feel a bit bad to Jose because every weekend that I've been here, I've had cross country somewhere. So um, I might just lay low for a few weeks and get some training done and help look after the baby. <laughs> I saw Jose on Saturday and he was fuming that the um, hamburger he had wasn't that good. Oh, really? Yeah, the local yeah. CFA cooking hamburgers wasn't that good. <laughs> How is the um, number of parking officials? Oh, yeah. Take it very serious. <laughs> there were like 100 people, Jules, directing everybody where to park. Were they getting it right? Yeah. Very yeah, yeah, they were very, like, you'd be turning into, there were three people directing you to one section of the car park and then a guy would literally be, like, <laughs> calling you in, like, yep, keep coming, keep coming, yep, over to the left a bit. Um, and it was just like a paddock car park, but it was, yeah, they were... <laughs> They were there in there in numbers. The CFA don't fuck around. <laughs> One of them had a helmet on as well. Did you see that guy, Ali? They were always got his helmet on, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was funny. 
Um, have you had any? Have you announced any marathons and stuff yet, Ellie? Because I guess, or you wait and see what happens at the World Champs this weekend. Because this is where um, things get interesting, don't they? Like, got to get the time. Yeah. Yeah. Did I just say what marathon I was doing? Did no. you? Sorry, I could have been getting carried oh, away with the CFA yeah, maybe gags. <laughs> Did you move? So I'm, I'm doing Valencia in December. Okay. So it's all been confirmed now. I've got a spot. Um, so yeah, December third. So. Uh, I don't know if the other girls would want me to say this, but actually myself, um, Izzy, Eloise and Jen are all doing Valencia. Selection trial. Yeah. Well, kind yeah, of. basically. They'll be like, um, yeah, I mean, Sinead and Lisa have got their times. They're safe. Um, are they though? Jess, like, I reckon they are. Yeah, but yeah. is that is there a policy out yet? No. Uh, yeah, the selection criteria is out. So they're not like... I guess technically safe, but I don't think that there's no way Lisa gets run out of the top three with her 223. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I was That's more like asking, like, so do you fast. have to show form, like, closer to, to the event? Oh, I'm sure if there's question marks, they'll make them prove fitness, but yep. it, I wouldn't imagine it would be anything crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, like, Jess obviously is she, – she's having her baby in September, so she, she won't do a marathon – I don't imagine until next year. Um, and then Leanne, I'm not sure if she's planning on doing a marathon at some stage as well. But yeah, uh, um, Izzy, Jen, Eloise, and I will be doing Valencia all trying to get the time there. So that'll be interesting. That will be. Watch this space. Yeah, I think it's good too. Like head to head, I mean, it helps, you know, it makes it easier for the selectors, really, doesn't it? If everyone's run times in the same race it's sort of takes any question marks out tight turnaround for izzy she's doing yeah so izzy's doing world champs yeah is it this weekend yeah yeah um next it's on saturday i think so saturday so she'll have september october i guess she's still got like 13 weeks three three and a half months maybe yeah Yeah. i mean it's doable yeah Mm. yeah and this block maybe. I feel like she's only sort of done a shortish block this time around, so she might, yeah, it's not like she's done a big, you know, 16-week block or something for this. Um, yeah. But, and then, yeah, the other thing is, I guess, too, with all of us doing Valencia, then there's still the option to try and do another one early next year if, you know, we don't get the time or if someone has a bad race or whatever, there's still time. So it's kind of... Yeah, I think it's it's good timing, December. It makes that one a bit tighter, though, on the backup. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to turn it around in three or four months max. Yeah. And then and that, it's also yeah. not ideal, you know, pre-Olympics. But, yeah, yeah obviously, you, we're all going to do everything we can to try and get on that team. And I think it's going to come down to the last couple of months, really, to see who gets that third spot. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I feel like we had the same conversations leading into Tokyo, all the similar names going for spots. Yeah, maybe I feel more like this now time too. It's going to be more. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be even more intense. Um, there'll so. be um, there'll be hail marys being thrown everywhere early next yeah. year. Yeah, well, there there might has be some to be, like doesn't there? Random. Gets, yeah, if it gets to that stage, you really got to go for it, don't you? Yeah, and there's even like when you know, obviously, it's not ideal doing a marathon in April or something. But if that's your chance to try and make the team, of course you're going to do it. So, 
yeah, I think it'll be fun for everyone else to watch. Probably it'll be a bit stressful to be a part of that group, but that's okay. Yeah, how good's going to be tracking that moose? Um, the message groups are going to be going Jules will off be stressed night. out of his oh, mind. Yeah. No, 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 no. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be I'm, more stressed than me about it. I think you can remember the bets that I made last time around, Tokyo-wise. Yeah. I was yeah. betting I was betting on you, and you were betting against you. Yeah, true. But, yeah, yeah. You were the see. stressed one. Do you feel extra pressure, Ali, considering you went last time? Like, Tokyo, Sapporo? Like, you feel like you've got to go again? Not really. No, I don't feel extra pressure. Like, in some ways, I probably feel maybe less pressure because of that. But I think the one thing is because that Olympics was so different, um, I would just love to get one more opportunity where it's a normal Olympics and my family and, you know, friends and Jules, like people like that could be there because that was, yeah, I did, I feel like we just missed out on that side of it. So that's the that's probably the main, yeah, thing that I really am gunning for. Oh, yeah, we'll go that for sure, Moose. We'll go on a boys' trip. I'll be there running, mate. Oh, yeah, true. Because you'll get <laughs> probably the Australian champs at the um, Sydney Marathon, win the 15K. Big points, mate. Big points. Oh, big points at Sydney, and then you just got to put a time on the board. Forgot about that. Tell hey, uh, Ali, no, you've, um, Jen's beaten you, so has Leanne recently. Does that sort yeah. of make you wonder if you can outperform them to get this spot? Um, oh, like, I mean, I know that, I know that I'm definitely not a shoe in for that spot and definitely not the favourite for that spot. Like, I think there's every chance Who's that, the favourite for the spot? Oh, So I would I reckon I reckon Eloise would have been originally. Um I think Jen has probably boosted her like uh, since Gold Coast and then yeah, I mean she's getting better and better. I think she's probably looking a good chance, but then I also think Izzy is in I actually reckon Izzy's probably in my mind the one that I think is most likely to get that spot. Well, you are a gambler, so who would you put money on for the spot? <laughs> oh. Haven't even mentioned Leanne. Well, Leanne, the, the thing with Leanne is because she hasn't done a marathon yet, It's, I guess it's a bit unknown. Well, mm. she's got the fastest half marathon time yeah. of all of us, um, and I do think she would translate to a marathon very well. Like her strength in, in the 10K, the half, cross country, I actually think she's going to make a really, really good marathoner. Um and I don't think she's going to have trouble transitioning. But just without that one on the board, I guess there's always, yeah. But, oh, I don't know. God, that's a really hard question. If if Leanne does one, if Leanne does one this year and does a good one, I think she'd be the favourite for that third spot. Leanne should go to Melbourne, win it, get 20 grand, run 228 and then go put one on the board. Learn the event at Melbourne. Yeah. Then go run a fast one in Japan in Feb. Yeah, that probably would be a good good plan. Have a crack at it. Yeah. I don't know. I actually think if you put if you put all of us together and then if you throw Jess in as well, like it would be really hard to pick who's gonna have that spot. We'd we're all we're all like fairly evenly matched as far as times go for the ten K half marathon marathon. Like I think it's gonna be 
yeah, it's just going to be who who has a really good day, and un you know an uninterrupted build up. Um, yeah. Do you think it'll come down to discretion? Like, say, is all do get the time? Will they just go the third fastest behind Sinead and Lisa? Or yeah, like, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think unless. Surely, Jess unless is someone's with Tom injured or. Like, yeah, I think Jess is. Yeah, I don't. I still don't think they'd put put her in the team though, unless she had the third fastest time. Yeah. Okay. Because I just I think it, that sort of creates controversy, doesn't it? Like if yeah, if somebody was injured or something, then maybe they go off head to heads in other races if they're questioning it. But I think otherwise they'll just pick the person with the next fastest time. And I do think some. I think more than one of us will run the qualifier. Um, so I don't think it's going to come down to points, even though, yeah, I know that's always a possibility, but I actually think at least two more people will have the time on the board, possibly more. Remind me what the qualifier is. 226.50. Oh, 50, yeah. Yeah. World Champs was 228, wasn't it? Yeah, World Champs, yeah. yeah. So right. it's it's fast, but I think that, yeah, I don't think it's out of yeah. the question for the group of girls that are all going for it. It's going to be interesting. Moose, take us through your week. All right, my week. Let me just pull that up. Um, I did a couple of runs on Monday morning. So just 30, no, well, one run Monday morning, 31 minutes, 4.56 pace, so very cruisy on this run. And then in the afternoon, half an hour at uh, 4.45s. So very cruisy Monday. Coming off the back of Sunday, that's what, like a total of 13K, so pretty pretty cruisy this. Um, I ran on Tuesday morning out on, actually, if you have a look at this map, you might see that I'm, I can join up to Ali's Road around the back, around the inland area of um, the surf coast here. So my run here was out and back on Distillery Creek Road, which is often the road that Ali will do her workouts out on, or do our easy runs. And so I went out and out and back on this, but it's it's a lot hillier at my end. So I ran 58 minutes. I went a bit quick on this run. Um, I'm not sure why I did that, but I started to get going towards the end. It was maybe a bit, maybe I don't know, a bit charged this run for whatever reason. So the, the way home, I, I did get moving, like gap paces, well under four minutes. Um, 342, 343. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why I did that. I just, just, I felt good, to be honest. Like I felt like my heart rate was pretty low. The, the weather was, it felt like three degrees, but the sun was out and I wasn't cold. It just felt everything was going all right today. Um, and I didn't run that. Actually, I did run that afternoon. So that, that afternoon I ran from the new house and I decided to go down this double loop that I used to do when I lived at home. And um, I used to do it when I used to play footy. This was like a, a, a loop I, I would always do. So it's nearly 7K uh, and it's fucking hillier than I thought. Like for a double, it was, it was actually really tough you go down a trail, you run along the beach a little bit, which is nice. You cross the Great Ocean Road and then you recross the Great Ocean Road to go back up the hill. But 
it's pretty nasty little hill. Um, and for a second run, yeah, I was I was struggling a bit, and my glutes were cooked from moving house. Like the house we live at is about twenty percent gradient up the side of it, and I was just moving stuff up and down all day. So it was it was rough. Um, it was it was there that I realised what I was doing was pretty stupid. Next morning, I did that run with Ali, that run to the barn thing. I felt pretty shit actually. We started a bit later. I'm not sure what time we started, but I should have had breakfast. I forgot to have breakfast and I had already w- walked the dog and and then I just felt really hungry and I felt quite flat on this run, but the legs felt good. You were pushing the pace though from early. Yeah, I think it was just trying to get away from you and Liam talking absolute garbage chat. <laughs> and we did, we dropped Liam off so the chat ended. Um, he didn't keep up and you didn't keep up either at the end of it. But I, I felt fine, and then the next like, the next day I, I felt flat as. <laughs> and funnily enough, like when you push the hills on two days in a row, you you start to feel the consequence of it. And I definitely felt the consequence the next day because I I did a workout, but it was I felt just horrible. Like, I just I was flat. My muscles were flat. Like my glutes were junky. My lower back was tight. Um, my hemis were tight and I just had no real motivation to get this done and so I ran around the, the, the top of the block that I kind of live at and it's an up and down here you can sort of see I go up I go down then I go up then I go down then I go up uh, the workout I did was like a little combo workout I, I didn't really have it in me to do anything like an hour's worth that I was planning so I cut the workout back I did two sets of eight minute threshold then I, I i went into three by one minute solid reps uh the breaks that i had were 90 seconds between after the thresh and 60 seconds between the one minute reps uh, this how i felt depended on whether i was going uphill or downhill really the the, the 317 was downhill for the um the first threshold rep and then i ran um 303, 257, 256 for the, the one minute repeats and then 316 for the the next threshold but that was up a pretty big, well it wasn't a big hill but it climbed 22 metres within that eight minutes so that's enough to, to really feel and then 252, 304, 251 going back down the hill. So I got the workout done even though it just felt pretty awful which these workouts during a marathon block of training, I don't think these should feel very good. It's very rare that you can get up for hard one-minute repeats during a marathon block. Um, I just I haven't been training that type of system. I, don't, I haven't been really doing my strides anymore. That started to fall off the back, like given I'm so sort of busy and time pressed. I just I'm just running and then finishing the runs and going in the house when maybe I should be doing some strides. Uh, but it it was okay. Like I got it done. It was not a disaster by any means. And then I look forward to the the next um, workout, which was on Sunday. It doesn't really matter either, does it? Like your splits for those ones. You know, you, you're working hard. Your legs feel tired and heavy because you're in a marathon block. And then that's like you know, it's done. It doesn't. You don't get too caught up on. Nah, nah, you don't. Cases and stuff. I was I was not even looking at pace during the um the repeats actually. 
like I and I, I've lost my heart rate monitor through the move, so I haven't been wearing heart rate for any of these workouts, which isn't a bad thing. Probably could have had it on for the threshold reps here; it would have been would have been helpful, um, but it wasn't a big deal. Often your legs feel worse than your heart rate, don't you think? Though, like when you're coming off those big weekends, like your legs are too tired to run fast enough to get your heart rate up that much mm. anyway. 100%. That, that was the problem with this workout, legs. I couldn't – that first, like, eight minutes downhill, I just couldn't get my legs turned over fast enough. That It was just a junky feel rather than a, um, geez, I'm out of gas or I'm, like, I'm puffed, this is too fast. I just well, I just felt uncoordinated. I also wore the Alpha Fly for this, and I haven't put that on in ages, and I really didn't like it. Like, my – I felt like it was quite sloppy and clunky underfoot, especially trying to run faster in it. So I've been doing a heap of work in the Vaporfly Next Percent 3, and, and, and that's a smooth, silky feel, whereas this one I felt was clunky. So, yeah, I'm, I've sort of decided on my marathon um, shoe would be the Vaporfly. Uh, I did a treddy run on my new treddy this, in, this e- in the evening, and uh, this one's from the store, so these these are Techno Gym Excite Run 700s. That's the type of treddy it is. I had one. Um, I had a new one delivered to the store, and I had this one from the store taken to my house. And I <laughs> I chucked it on 12k an hour, which is five minutes a k, and it felt really fast from the gun. Like it felt like it wasn't five minutes a k because I run five minutes a k on my RG runs pretty often. And this was working, like my legs were ticking over here. And the watch, like I have a Garmin, and it, it doesn't it doesn't have me put the pace in like the Coros does. Like the Coros, when you do a treadmill run, asks you what the treadmill pace is, whereas the Garmin sort of goes off your arm swing. And the arm swing, which I guess is being calibrated to my running, is um, was telling me I was running four tens, but. I don't think I was going that fast. Uh, I ended up running four. It said I was running 4.20, for a five-minute pace on the treddy. I didn't know what to believe, so I went off the treddy. But then I asked Toby, who, who's who been on the treadies at work a fair bit, and he said, oh, no, those things are fucking way off. Those <laughs> things feel really fast. So if someone tells you, if a customer comes in and says, oh, I normally run five-minute pace, he normally puts it on six-minute pace, and that's the right type of feel. So I need to adjust that for the future. Uh, that next morning, I just ran 10K in the morning, and that was um, a bit of a down day. Like, I was I, I was kind of feeling a bit beat up, and I went to work that day. So the Garmin, my Garmin's been fucking up a little bit. When I um, listen to music, sometimes I try to change what I'm listening to mid-run and it freezes and resets and it's pretty annoying so that happened on this run uh it takes about like three or four minutes to kick to like like restart again and then i can't get the music going again until i I stop the run back at home and re-sync it and so do you stop running while it restarts or do you just keep running i kept running today on this one i didn't have enough time to stop so i lost I don't know, 400 meters or something, maybe 500. And then do you do a manual upload? I didn't manual upload. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's the minimum for a manual upload? 
Oh, K. Yeah. 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 I agree. Not uploaded in my 7K. You let a K go here or there. Nah, Ks are important when you're at my mileage. Take every K you can get. Um, actually, speaking of that, I was on the Strava before looking at your run, Ali, and mm. I was looking at the comp- – so do you reckon you run more hills than I do? <laughs> I've already looked at this. <laughs> <laughs> I already looked at this a couple of weeks ago when you were saying that I don't – that I'm soft and I run too much flat. And then I was like, oh, I bet I run more hills than him in a week. And then I looked yours up and you do way more. <laughs> way more? Like a fucking shitload more than you do. Yeah, I know. I was actually surprised. And I, um, think, I think that proves my point. Yeah. The point, the well, that's why that I, I didn't was, tell yeah. you that. That's why I didn't come back at your comment about me not doing enough hills. Once I looked it up, I realized you were right and I just went quiet on it. Yeah, that disappeared, that... It's not often I get a little win like that. I didn't even realize I had a little win. <laughs> well, how much climbing do you think you need to do in a week, though? Ask Brady. Yeah, I don't do any, Ali, and I can still beat him in a cross-country race. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. What's your Point, P- what's your mar- Let's talk marathon PBs. Maybe you don't get some marathon. Don't need to mention that. Talk about 5K and 10K half marathon. Nah, I think. I do think there's also a a point where it's too Too much, much though. Affects the quality of the other days. Because it's different. Running hills is different as well. Like, yeah. What do you mean different? Well, it's, it's, you're using different muscles and you don't want to spend the majority of your time doing that. Like, if you look at a trail runner's body compared to a road marathoner, it's quite different. Do you know what, what mean? I mean? What are you talking about? Bodies. We already well, went. Like actually, muscle we already got mass. in trouble for this. I mean, no, I'm not. Talk- I'm talking about like, well, a trail runner's legs. Like they've got different, um, you know, different muscle development to a road runner, and you don't like a lot. Of, you don't need a lot of that excess muscle for what we do. So I think, I think heels are good to a degree, but I also think you don't want to be doing like, you know, two thousand. 3,000 metres of climbing a week as a road flat marathoner. Mm, yeah, I actually I'm, think that I yeah. think it could be detrimental if you do too much is what I'm saying. I think you're right too because I felt too much hills. I did too much hills at the start of this week and I was fucked for the back half. Yeah. So I reckon you're right about that. Um, I still think there's a something to take out of that. The fact that you've run a ton more mileage than me that You've still got less climbing because I, I I do a lot of doubles on the flat. Anyway, yeah. where am I at? Um, I did like a town loop the next day, an hour. Uh, it felt pretty average again. I knew this was gonna. I was getting into territory here where I th- I was starting to think about Sunday, and I knew I had a massive workout, and I'm like, fuck, every day is feeling terrible right now. I need to start. I need to almost prepare for Sunday. So Saturday night, I I did a bunch of moving. Like when I say moving, I mean like driving, still driving to the old house and picking up all the stuff and bringing it back and unpacking it and reassembling it. And so I, I was considering running on the treddy that afternoon, but I didn't I didn't end up doing it. And it wasn't going to be the afternoon. It was it, it ended up being after dinner, but I decided against it because I, I I thought I would have only been doing it for a mileage purpose. And at the moment, I'm running more mileage than I have in a long time. So that was like a um, 
sensible. I, I took the, the conservative option there. So, yeah, the progression run Sunday morning, this was this was decided on uh, the night before I wrote this workout down um, as to what I was going to do. So we have a big loop out here. It's actually, it's about 11 and a half K and the climbing's 85 meters per lap. Uh, so I ran 38 K and got 185 meters. So this is not as hilly as Sydney marathon, even though it feels like there's some good hills in it. It's just not really, um, continually rolling. It's like you go up a hill, you go down a hill, you go up a big hill. And there's just like, you're either up or down, basically. There's just no flat areas. Uh, I, I did 4K easy, like a warm-up. Then I did 16K with Sim just before Ali took over. So that was at about 357s, I think we ran. Or 353s, my bad. Um, then I went straight into 10K steady at 327. And then I went th straight into 3K at what I call, um, I called Tempo. So this was like whatever name you want to give to it. Um, this was like what I would consider marathon effort to be like at about the 30K mark of a marathon. So you're starting to get fatigued and you, you like you're working, you're working for sure, but you still got a little bit of room um, you got a bit of room in the back pocket if you need to go a bit faster. And then I took a, a kilometer jog. So that was at 313s. And then I took a kilometer jog at, uh, well, it ended up 357. And then I, I ran um, 315s for the last 3K effort that I did. And then I ran um, a K cool down. So overall, it was two, 346 pace. 5k that was jogging warm up cool down uh and i took on I, this i felt terrible on this run so in the um steady section with sim i i just had i had a stitch really bad where i couldn't quite talk um i could I, like i was i had to really breathe it out and then when i took off on the 10k I just felt like I, I had no further gears. The first 5K of that 10K, I had I had no extra gear. I couldn't have gone any faster than that, but I, it didn't feel like a difficult pace to run. But I couldn't run faster. It's a weird it's a weird feeling, and I know that doesn't make sense. But it was my leg turnover that was stopping me from going faster. But my lungs and my heart were working quite easily to maintain it. Um, so I, I ran the first 5k and in my head, I'm like, well, oh, maybe this isn't the day to do a progression run. Maybe I should just stick at this and 40k at this would be a good run. But then I'd started to come good. And it's probably a good little lesson for me is that, uh, you don't have to feel great to be able to get the job done. I think a lot of people, they adjust their workouts on the fly when they're not feeling great. And it doesn't really teach them how to be resilient within a within a big training session, and then they've got no chance of pulling it off in a race. So I, I hit a downhill section on that end of the the second or the the last four k, I think it was of the ten k, and I started to roll a little bit faster, 
Uh, and then I started, I got in a good rhythm. And then I, when I ran that first 3K, I'm like, holy shit, this, this is going fast and I feel fine. Uh, and then I ended up going, that was a net uphill. And then I jogged a bit and I got my heart rate down. And then I did another 3K and I'm like, this is actually fine. Like, I'm not pushing too hard. And I finished the run and I've, I'm like, fuck, my calves felt good today. My body actually felt fine. This was a good result. So I finished this run pretty, pretty happy. 38k i got pretty sore afterwards like really sore that afternoon i was fucked actually i was like really tired um and i was like sore in the hammies in the lower back i really needed to rest and so i took it pretty easy today but i was 132k for the week one month out i know i have two decent weeks of training left um and then the taper period, I haven't fully worked out what I'm going to do there, but I think I'm going to keep the keep the, the training load relatively high. I don't think I need a, like a heavy taper or, a, I mean, a strong taper or anything like that because I'm not running a ton of mileage. And I'm just doing like one big workout a week. So if I remove that, I should feel pretty good. Are you going to do a bigger a bigger one than what you've done, like what you did on Sunday? No, I don't think so. He's fit, that that alley. would, He's that fit. would be the biggest one. He's fit, Ali. 313s. And his yeah, workout feels like marathon pace. I'm getting he's excited. Some, he's people he's writing a... his, him off in my DMs, but I'm making a list of people writing him off, and I'm going to be ringing him up, I reckon, after this Sydney marathon. Yeah. I actually, from what I've witnessed in over the last couple of months, there's been a big jump in fitness. Mm, big shift. Yeah. The thing is, like, I know what you're doing, Brady. And I'm not doing anything. Because, like, I can recognize what you're doing. So, like, I'm, it's not making me mad. I'm just, like, you got to know that I know what you're doing. What, you're, what am I doing? You're, you're doing this bullshit thing where you, like, talk me up when, and you start, like, it's like you know a I'm joke your biggest thing. You know and I'm we're going to run Sydney. And Sydney's slow as fuck. This course, no good at Sydney. Like, They've got their 15,000 people. They'll all realise. They'll run out there and they'll be like, this is pretty hilly. 380 metres of climbing up here. Like, that's a decent amount of climbing. That's just a little bit less than Great Ocean Road. A lot not of you to turn... mention the outbacks, yeah. Yeah, the out and backs. And, and so it's not going to be a place where I run fast, and I'm fully aware of that. So I'm not, I'm not preparing to go and run under 220. I'm no, preparing you're trying to... to get yourself as fit as possible. To them, That's right. What yeah. does it equal on race day? Race day, it equals whatever it comes out as. Because my biggest threat here is fucking the race up by running too hard in this up the hills, and and, and butchering the execution. Because at the moment, my heart feels pretty good, my lungs feel pretty good. I don't think my legs are tough enough mm. for a, for a hard effort over hills. Like I reckon, if I had this type of aerobic fitness three years ago my legs would have been able to run quite fast over this course but i don't have that anymore i'm still a bit soft in the Your leg. legs will be catching up a bit though like they're going to be a lot stronger than they were in feb yeah like the, you've done the, decent mileage you've done hills you've you've done way more of the long stuff than you had been doing sort of in the 12 months prior to that like i think your legs will be getting there they just yeah 
They're not there though. They're six yeah. months off being there. They're about yeah. You're still pulling up. The fact that you're still pulling up sore from any big yeah. Sunday. Yeah. This is a this is going to be a great stepping stone for for early next year. That's what I'm really excited about. I'm I'm excited that I can that I've been able to get back to this fitness level, but I'm not excited about the result at Sydney. That doesn't excite me at the moment. Um, and so I don't like I'm not building anything up around this race because I don't see any miracles happening here. But I can see, I can see come next year, early next year, that 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 maybe something can happen. Um, I just need six months, six more months of this. Will you dial back some of the workouts to a pace that you think you can run, and have to sit out on a hillier course, like maybe around that three twenty, three twenty two kind of pace? Or you'll keep yeah, yeah, to go yeah. as quicker I, as possible. It's not going to be 320 pace at Sydney. It, it just won't be. It'll be slower than that. So I think I've already done that. I think I'm doing a bit of steady pace stuff. like Oh, so that 10K before you kick down with the 2 by 3 ks I, I reckon that'll be more like the pace at Sydney. Um, I'm going to be pretty conservative there. I need to get back on the board. I need to, I need to feel what a good second half feels like. I yeah, need to, that's I need true. To, yeah, that that feeling of a good strong second half takes me through to February next year, and gives me like confidence. The the worst thing I could do is go out hard, blow out this Sydney, and have a terrible experience, and then fucking hate, like hate the idea of the marathon until February. I made all these mistakes like ten years ago when I was running marathons and doing them poorly. I need to to go back to what worked, and a lot of these workouts I'm doing now, like they're just they're almost cut and pace from what I was doing when I was running well. Mm, good. It's going to come around pretty quick. This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Stability has never felt better than with the Gel Kayano 30. Reimagine stability. New 4D guidance system provides adaptive and on-demand stability, supporting runners in every step of their run. Softer landings. New Pure Gel technology for enhanced shock absorption, softer landings and smoother transitions. More cushioning. New lightweight FF Blast plus eco cushioning and an increased 4mm in stack height means an even more comfortable ride. A lighter footprint for a brighter tomorrow. The Gel Kayano 30's carbon footprint is 14% lower than the industry average, a study conducted by MIT. Visit ASICS.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Yeah. Um, I'll whistle through this week because I've been going for a while. Monday, 60 minutes easy, 4.46s. Then I got out for half an hour in the afternoon at 4.35s. I only did one workout this week because I was racing on the Saturday, so I made it a bit of a bigger workout. I did uh, five minutes at threshold, so I was working at about 3.15 pace, 90 seconds jog. Then three minutes at a bit quicker, around about 3.10 pace, 60 seconds jog. Then one minute hard, where I was just trying to get them under three minute K pace, 60 seconds jog. Did that four times. So come out at, I think, about 50 minutes in the end. Quite a long one, but I knew because I had until Saturday to recover, wanted to kind of make this one a bit more bigger. Um, and then, yeah, complement it with the race on the Saturday. It's good, though. Quite enjoyed it. Nothing like groundbreaking with the paces I was hitting. Just one of those ones that kind of drags on a bit because you're out there for quite a bit of time. Um, all up, I think it was like 14K or something. Um, maybe something like that. 
don't have that in my diary yeah, in front of me. Yeah, it was 14 14. Yeah. 14.16. Which is pretty long workout. Um, but yeah, it was good. 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.37s. Wednesday, an easy hour before work at 4.28s. Nice and chilled out, watching the sunrise. Beautiful time of the year to be running at the moment in the mornings. And then Thursday, I did a 90-minute medium long run at 4.24s. This was after the Matildas game on the Friday night. I was a bit bummed out. Did you guys get around like the Matildas hype? Mm, yeah. I did on actually on this one. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was seat 1A on the bandwagon. Didn't know anything <laughs> about it like two weeks ago, but like when they started winning, after that France game with a penalty shootout, I become like uh, um, stalking yeah. them on Instagram, watching documentaries on Disney+. Plus. Like, yeah. I just like become an expert on like women's soccer strategy and stuff. Women's everyone in Australia got on the bandwagon, didn't they? It was actually crazy how every single person was talking about it. Like it was, it was really cool. Oh, so good! Amazing how much sport can bring it. Tell me some strategy though. Uh, like from your research. Well, I like that Courtney Vine who they sub her on, and she's got like heaps of speed. And I'm like, they've got to get on earlier, inject this speed into the game. I was really disappointed that um, Tony wasn't subbing her on earlier in the games. And then, like, Ali Carpenter, like, that back one, who's, like, one of the best players in the team. But I was watching, like, some stuff about her, how she kind of plays off her forwards a bit, like, plays a bit loose in defence to be able to attack going forward. But then it kind of exposes you. You know, in AFL, when the backmen play a bit loose, then they kind of expose them on the on the turnaround. So, yeah, I was getting yeah. all into that kind of stuff. Don't, not sure if any of that makes any you reckon sense. You reckon she, she was it? She was the the reason? No, I don't think so. I think I think both the teams were Sounds just, like that's what you're saying. No, I think Sweden like and England that. were just another step above kind of thing. Like, I think we were doing pretty well yeah. just to get up to them. They were just a bit smoother, classier with the ball. England, like, they just looked better, didn't they, from the start? And they just controlled it. They just had all possession, yeah. made us run around and chase it. It looked a lot easier for them to get this. it in near their goals. Yeah, and every time it went in, they had two or three people, whereas we were just a bit reliant on Sam Kerr, I thought. Yeah, anyway. God, her goal was good, though. Oh, how good was that? I was oh, just falling asleep on the couch, actually, and Carly started, like, yelling, like, go, go, and it woke me up, and I'm like, shit, absolute bullet. Oh, that was unreal. Yeah. But anyway. It's so that, sad that it's over. I know. That's how I felt on Thursday morning. I was just like, oh, like, you know when you're looking forward to, like, following this journey and then it just ends? Similar vibes mm. to after a marathon's finished. Um, but anyway, got over that pretty quick. Friday, did some strides in a 55-minute run. Saturday, went to the same spot Ali did. Uh, did 20 minutes before the two-and-a-half-hour drive there. Just um, stretched the legs. Picked up Crammers on the way through, Bendigo. And then, um, yeah, I did the first leg. I did the first leg. I volunteered to do it after because I did it last year. At least I knew what was to come. So, um, yeah, I hated pretty much every step of it. Uh, Liam, this is the longest one. Yeah, 8.4K. Liam Cashin fanged it from the start, dropped us. And then I sat in a nice group with uh, Michael Kernahan, good friend of the show, and um, Abdi from um, Collingwood. Remember the guy that stayed after the World Cross Country Champs from Somalia? So we had a nice pack of the three of us until the turnaround where the really steep climb was, um, where we kind of had to do this U-turn down like a mountain. And then Michael Kernahan just put in a massive surge and then, yeah, dropped Abdi and I. And then we kind of just ran the three of us probably five or ten seconds between each other, um, trying to chase him down for the last 4K. Couldn't quite get to him. He got me by two seconds in the end. But Cashin was like a minute ahead, Westerns. So um, had some work to do for the Benigo Bats, but we pulled him in, which was good. But, yeah, hated it. Saw Hammy a bit afterwards as well. 
probably more from the drive home afterwards, but um, yeah, good to get back in there with the team. 160 metres of elevation as well, Moose, over 8K. That's a big that's a big amount of elevation. Only 160 says, over 8. Only says 100 that's on actually... my Strava, but everyone else says 160. So I'm going yeah, with that's that. that's the same as what the other St. Anne's was. Was it? Yeah. 160. It was, I remember it was 20 metres of K as well. Yeah. But this one felt worse. Yeah, I felt worse. So where we, yeah. you know, when we come down that big hill, like probably with a K to go, that used to be the old course. Yeah, yeah. Right. when we were driving yeah, in on the right there. Nice. Yeah, that was beautiful to finish off on that. A bit hilly coming mm-hmm. up, but yeah, still pretty good. Um, drove home and then Sunday, two and a half hours, four fifteens, thirty-five point two k. Nate Stoke was still in town, and he jumped in for the last ninety minutes, and then yeah, had a bit of company. Did, a, did an hour beforehand. Good week, 151. Slowly getting fitter. Mm, that's a good week. Yeah. So why two and a half hours on Sunday? Ah, uh, Because Christian's got this theory, but you only get benefit for everything you do over two hours. So like okay. this was 30 minutes worth of fitness benefit here. But yeah, the magic really happens post two hours. So I'm trying to make two and a half hours my new my new two hour, hour kind of like standard long run. Yeah, but, right. but the real reason is I'm not doubling during the week much. Like I did two doubles this week, but I'm trying to do a bit more on Sunday and then not double when life's busier and hectic and stuff um, during the week. Yeah. If you, God, if you can still get 150 plus K in with only two doubles, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Probably did guess that workout being 14K and a longer kind of, you know, 5K warm up. You kind of get to 25, 30K there pretty easy on a Tuesday as well. Yeah, how do you find backing up on a Tuesday? Or have you have you done that after a two hour thirty long? Yeah, I did it last week. So this was the first week I did it. Um, did you notice a difference? Not too bad. I, I think okay. I maybe just need to put some strides in on Monday. Like I just felt a bit sluggish more than anything. Um, but yeah, I think I wanted to test the shoes that we were we were reviewing last week as well. So usually I wouldn't double on a Monday, but I wanted to double and do another run in those shoes Monday before the show. So it turned into a pretty, like, two and a half hours Sunday, double Monday, long fart, like, Tuesday, and then double Tuesday. I was pretty tired by Wednesday. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's all right, though. We'll just see what happens. Anyway, Moose. So you're was... not going to do a sneaky Valencia, too? No, I can't get there. Like, I've got a bib. I've got to actually try to defer that, actually, now we talk about it. But um, I'm on school camp the uh, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with the race band that Sunday. And, like, yeah, I'm kind of locked uh, yeah. in because having staff to do it and male teachers and stuff like that. So, um, you can't be sick that week? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, probably not. Sick in a different country. It was more like <laughs> that was one thing. Didn't really want to leave the family for like a week and a half again, was another thing. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, kind of a few little things put together. And it just kind of, when the school camp thing was there, I'm like, yeah, this is an extra reason that I was looking for not to go. But yeah, it's you'll so, love it. It's such so a great good. race. Hey? Osaka with me, that is it. Nah, you might as well going. lock that in. You just ended up talking about how good you're going to be in Feb next year after your launch of Sydney. What does that have to Japan do with is like, that's ideal though, isn't it? From Especially if you want to go solo, you can go a couple of days before the race. Yeah, yeah. It's so much easier yep. um, logistically than going to Europe. Yeah. And train on, through mate. summer. Our summers are pretty hot though. I don't know oh, how Yeah, much. you're a bit too hot You actually. wouldn't be able to double. Like, yeah. yeah, surf coast summer, you can easily train through Malama yeah. because it's still really hot at like seven o'clock at night, isn't it? There, 
Yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd write off all doubles, and then even like some of the nights, it might only drop to 24, 25, so you can get up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning, but it's still going to be 24 degrees when you start. But anyway, yeah. you can you just come, come down the surf coast for a bit, bring the family. Yeah, on six-week school holidays, Training could do camp. that. Training camp down there. Doesn't everyone in the world go down there pretty much over that time? Pretty busy. I'm just looking at your photos oh, here on Strava, this gym setup you got, Moose. I need to check out this oh, house. Finally finished it today. Looks pretty good. Talk about that next Can't week. Wait. Yeah, push Croc. a few reps in there. Crocs will be getting into you about that, I reckon. Let's thank <laughs> some patron supporters. 10 kilo weights. Allie, have you got this document open? You're in green. Yes. Okay, you can go I first, do. Moose. You're in... Um, oh, yeah. You're usually in blue, um, aren't you? Yeah. Blues for me. So blue is uh, Max Savile-Bentley. So he's from Mitcham, runs for Yarra Rangers. We've talked about him on the show. because he about was, him a couple of weeks ago, yeah. He was just in front of me at Bandura, I reckon. Yeah. Maybe I beat him at Bandura. Just in front of me at um, Albert Park too. Oh, maybe Taking I beat both him. of us this year. He might have beaten me, actually. Maybe I'm... Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, he's run 401 for 1500, 837 for 3K. That was at the 2023 Box Hill Classic, so recent. 1450 for 5K at the 2022 Collingwood Classic. 3020 at this year's Lonnie 10. And 6741 at last year's Burnley Half. We reckon he's mm. a student, a bachelor of... A Bachelor of... Wait, hold on. It's a Bachelor of Science and a Master's of Teaching at Deakin Uni. You can do both at once. Nah, he must have already done the Bachelor of Science, wouldn't he? And then he's doing the Master's after. Mm, Don't you... Yeah, you do that in like the fourth year, don't you? To become a teacher. So he's done the science degree and then he's tacked on the extra year to become a teacher of science. Yeah. Do you reckon that's, um, that's what's happened? I'll ask Ali this. Do you reckon becoming a teacher is like a little bit like giving up on your dreams? <laughs> like he wanted to be a scientist and then he's got three years in and he's like, oh, fuck it, I'll just be a teacher. Just get the dip head on the end He there. was like, I just want mass holidays and nine till three work hours. I reckon that's what he's thought. Nine till three. <laughs> yeah, that's the contact. That's true. It. I want I want to be silver spoon fed by the government, and I'm going to take these holidays, and I'm going to start work at nine, but do not have me at school past four o'clock. Yeah. It's not and bad. every at the end of every term, I'll whinge a bit about reports to everyone, so they oh, know yeah. I do some work Report. outside of school. And then occasionally, I have to stay back for a, a parent teacher interview, like twice a year. I just told you I'm going on school camp. I'll be working twenty four hours a day there. Three so days. You get to go on camp. You get, you get to go away on a little holiday. Yeah, you're meant to get time on loot. just come in this year, but every other year you never used to. But I don't think oh, we've got yeah. any teachers to cover us for time in loot, so we just get an extra pay. The teachers cracked it because they had yeah, to do a few extra hours. Union. Jeez, I wish Croaks <laughs> was here this week. Got, got no way to stand on it. Oh, around. no. This, this is, we talk about this all the time. Let's like, put it this way, Miss. It, it's that hard of a job that you would not survive one day doing it. I wouldn't survive. Yeah, think about, you know what it's like having one kid in the room with you? Imagine 20. 26. <laughs> 26 10-year-olds are in 26. my class. 26. That's the path that you chose. 
Yeah, I know, and I love it. I love contributing to the next generation of society coming through and shaping their little minds to be able to give them the skills to survive in the world, teach them numeracy and English. Teach them about teach them geography, the geography we're doing at the fish, moment. What type of fish a penguin is. Yeah, get that in there. That will come <laughs> in the science unit. No, they go to a specialist teacher for science. I don't teach science. Favorite. What's the worst age? Oh, it depends who you are. Horses, of course, is kind of thing, but... I think the further you go down, the harder it gets. But some teachers love teaching like preps and grade ones and stuff, but I tend not to go under grade four, which is like 10-year-olds. I think grade five or six are best, like 11 and 12-year-olds. They know yeah. a bit about the world. You can have a conversation with them, teach them some interesting stuff, but they're not still quite, not. don't quite have that attitude yet as high school. And you're yeah, still a little bit bigger than them. Eight, nine, wouldn't it? Yeah, not anymore though, Moose. You should say how tall. All our grade sixes, especially the girls, would be taller than me. Not that it takes much to do that, but yeah. Whereas back four or five years ago, I've got some conspiracy going. I don't know if it's something in our diet or the water, maybe the air we're breathing, but yeah, five years ago, you'd have one or two students taller than you. Now there's like 60% of them taller than me. Could be something Ooh. in it. What, in, in what year? In grade six. Grade just, six, they're taller than yeah, you? They stand up assembly and I'm just like, yeah, majority of these kids are taller than me now. Ooh. Something's going on in the world. Anyway, I'm going to thank Darcy Lun, originally from South Australia, but living in Shanghai. He is the group head of sustainability and global citizenship with Education in Motion. Here we go, fellow educator. Education in Motion is a global education company that aspires to be a leader in pioneering education for a sustainable future. All his running is estimated best on Strava and from a bike ride which has been flagged. But he has run an 18-18 park run and does some triathlons. So a massive thanks, Darcy, for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. Ali, who you got? I've got Nadine Bainbridge. So she's a regular at the XCR races. She runs for Western Athletics from Point Cook in Victoria. Uh, according to World Athletics, her PBs are 10.27 for 3K, 17.17 for 5K, 37.23 for 10, which was from 2018, 80.55 for the half at Burnley in 2016, and 2.50 at the 2017 Sydney Marathon. That's it. Bloody impressive. Jules, Sydney Marathon, not that slow. Third in Australia there. Yeah, bronze in the Australian Marathon Champs that year. So um, maybe studying a Bachelor of Nursing at Deakin. Um, so, yeah, she's she's a really good good runner, Nadine. And, yeah, so I think maybe she had a few injuries for a while there after that sort of 2017-18 period, but she's back back racing lots now. So, yeah. Yeah, Bree, Bree, my wife, always – She's always like, oh, I think I beat Nadine today. Like that's her uh, benchmark. She's yeah. going well if she's yeah. beating They've Nadine. They've got pretty similar PBs actually. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, well, she's much like, Well, 3K, 5K, 10K, yeah. Yeah. But Bree that's where what Bree could run that in a marathon though, I reckon. Well, we'll, we'll see. That's a, that's a pretty big call. Yeah. Bit of confidence moves. Well, you got to do. You can't just say that about a marathon. I mean, Nadine's gone out there and done it mm, on a hilly she's, course too. It's probably she's not going to appreciate someone saying well, she could probably do that. <laughs> yeah, to... but you know, Bree's you... been. I, I feel like Bree's been in that sort of shape before. She just hasn't yeah, got to the start line. That. And the, 
Yeah, Nadine's she's been around forever on that world, that Western Ass team. Mm. See her at all the fun runs too. Thanks for all our Patreon supporters. If you want to support the show, uh, patreon.com forward slash Inside Rain Podcast. Bonus content galore over there. The monthly with Toby and Christian last week. Um, also the Road to Berlin boys going weekly. There, maybe five weeks out, getting into the meat of it there. It's been great listening. Uh, Paddy hosted it last week. Did a pretty good job too, I thought, Moose. Had me worried, concern, concerned early. His intro he was a bit too professional, trying to be a bit too funny, I thought, but then steadied the shit well. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, it's it's pretty good, those those guys on there. Everyone yeah, says really that it's the best one that they've listened to. Everyone, especially better than that. Um, She's Ellie's been on about there. three of them, hasn't she? <laughs> well, the Road to Nowhere was by far the worst. And this one here, the, the amount of good feedback coming in for it is just, it's crazy. And I actually think the same thing. I'm throwing good feedback too at it. I reckon it's yeah. great. Oh. Jimmy Friend is the best guy in the world. He's so, so good on that show. It yeah. was always going to be awesome. Do you know what, though? He's like a super, how that guy recovers from calf strains in one day, that's just mm. unbelievable. I thought the curse got him. He's a super healer. One day, the guy's come back from a, from a terrible calf strain that ruled him out of doing a massive workout, and next day he's fine. Can you believe that, Brady? Oh, do you think it's a bit soft, Moose? Oh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's a medical miracle. Jules thinks that I've turned him soft. He yeah, tells I've, me this every week. <laughs> but like, agree with me as a physio to come. That's a medical miracle from a calf strain to, to running fine the next day, not feeling it. Um. Yeah. It's a quick quick recovery <laughs> but I think I mean he doesn't want to ping his calf and not make it to the start line so he's probably being more cautious than usual with this one he's also had a couple in the past yeah it's all good missing good one move. long run yeah. doesn't matter and as good he said from he did a, yeah, yeah you'll hear oh you'll hear about this week but he's he did a really good workout on Sunday he's so up in Sydney isn't he yeah there yeah uh, His calves come back stronger. Let's whip through these results. I'm starting with the Eckerd and Relays. Women's first, because this is getting close to women's stuff. Glenn Huntley won 2 hours 15. They ran 33.7k for their Eckerd and Relay. Uh, 2 hours 15. Uh, it wasn't that close in the day, but the ladder's pretty close. St. Stephen's second, 2.18. And South Melbourne third, 2.24. But Glenn Huntley and St. Stephen's, there's only three points uh, separating them with two races to go on the ladder, 77 points to 74. South Melbourne further back in 60. So, well, right. 10 relays could be fun. Yeah, St. Stephen's got more of the speedsters too, don't they? Kind of some younger runners. Yeah, yep. So, but if Glenn Huntley get them at the 10, they'll get the extra point bonus and then they might be too hot, you know. Then they can probably finish third or fourth and still win it. So, that could yeah. be interesting. You follow this alley, the women's stuff? Um,. A little bit, yeah, because I'm sort of trying to suss our competition for the Pussycats next year. Yeah, um, so I've been keeping my eye on it, yeah. Um, How would you yeah. be like if you threw, um, let's say, at Bandura, if you took the first four of Geelong? Five, I think Pussy- it is, isn't it? Uh, Pussycats is four. Oh, yeah, if you took the first five of Geelong, um, where would you have finished at Bandura? So I have actually done this before. I think we would have been fourth at Bandura. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So, like, I think we'll be competitive in Premier. I I don't think – yeah, I don't think we'll be winning, but 
we're we're going to be yeah, kind of middle of the field. Big signing that, next year on, too. Yeah. Are you going to keep well, taking this serious, Ellie, or is this just that, like this season because you're doing Valencia later in the year and stuff? Like, do you think you'll do a well, lot of it going forward? Well, next year, it depends what's happening next yeah, year. Yeah, it could be the um, Olympics. Like, I, I plan on running as many of them as I can, but, yeah, if it depends on what's happening, if whether it looks like I might be a chance for – well, by then we'll know, actually, if I'm going to the Olympics or not. So if I don't make the Olympics squad, XCR, I will be taking very seriously. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'll uh, channel all my energy into it. Men's race moves, big upset. Bendigo Bats won their first relay of the year in 2.15.45. Western Hayes second, 2.16.42. Glenn Aren't Hunt, you on the Glenn top Huntley, of the ladder? Glenn Huntley third, 2.16.57. Yeah, Bats 79 on top of the ladder. Western Hayes 65. Ooh. Glenn Huntley 63. Boxing Are you guys 60. unbeatable? No, nah, never say that. We've very much got a lid on it, but we need a strong performance at the half marathon because the tan relays, we will get smashed, I think, with Westerns, Glenn Huntley and Box Hill. Yeah, you so, guys are more of a team of marathoners, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So. What do you mean? Their team's young as hell. They've got kids running. No, I don't think they're a marathoning team. There was Matt. no kids running. There was all open people this week because all the kids were unavailable because of uh, National Cross and Andy was tapering for National Cross as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you've got kids that run for you. Yeah. You're not a team of marathoners. I wouldn't say that. You've got what? Who you got? It's a marathon. We got range. I know what Ali means. Andy? We got guys who can run half Andy? marathons. Andy's the fucking national. He's going to win national cross. Yeah, but do you reckon he'd be the ten? Wouldn't be his forte. He'd be fine at the ten. He'd, he'd be, be fine. fine yeah. He'd be in the top three fastest all day at the ten. Don't worry about that. You need six though, Moose. I don't yeah. know if like guys like me and Nate Stoughton that we haven't got that kind of speed of these sub fourteen oh. boys. This is a noise. This annoys me when you do this. Could be a real like showdown at the town. We just got to hang on, try to get as many points as possible, and hang on. Anyway, let's talk about some uh, very high class running. The World Championships started, I think, Saturday night our time. I think I've got that right. There's been some drama. The 15s have been on. Both the 10Ks have been on. If you're listening to this on the uh, public feed, there's probably more stuffs happened since we've recorded. But we'll go with the 1500s first. Moose, do you want to take us through those? Start with the men's. Um, yeah, the men's look. I I didn't actually watch these because these were on in the middle of the night. You so been, I woke up. Have you been watching them on the recap though on the SBS? I don't have time, for, mate. I wish oh, I had time for that. I'm serious. I wish I had time for that. But so the top six go through. It's a bit of a different um, approach to qualification this year. There was no like fastest qualifiers or whatever. Um, Which so, this is good. This is the best way it should be. Top six. Three heats. You go. I think through. you're right. I think I do yeah. think you're right here. I, I like, feel like it's made it seem a bit more stressful for everyone, though. Well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. I but, think there's more anxiety on the start line. It's good. Yeah, I always well, thought that where you get what heat you got was like a luck. Like it didn't. Like if you got that last heat and knew what time you had to run, it was just like easier than the first. Yeah, one. definitely. Whereas this that just was makes an it advantage. yeah more even. Yeah, more even. If you're not good, in the top six, you're not good enough to go through. It does mean that they have to seed the races really well. So in order to not have, um, like, big dogs miss out mm. through a really stacked heat. Well, we've seen that. Keep talking, though. Yeah, all right. So Stewie finished seventh. He didn't get through. I think that's probably the big disappointment for the um, start of the championships. So 336.01 he ran, so not fast for Stewie either 
uh, I didn't watch, but I read a, like a, a bit of a um, comment on it, and they said that he slowed with a lap to go, and he he couldn't find the pace to finish the race off. Uh, yeah, I watched it. He tried to make yeah. it fast earlier in the race, but then he probably got swamped with oh, five hundred to go, Ali. Yeah, I reckon they all went past him. Yeah, and then just put yeah time into him, and then he was he did of his... in no man's land. He did his classic Stewie thing, like he was slow off the mark and then got to the front and then, yeah, he just doesn't have that, like where, you know, when he was at his peak and he was able to hang on at the end, he just, that's what he's just missing, isn't it? But he should be able to run gun to tape quicker than 3.36. Yeah, yeah, true. Which he's that's, just ha- I that's think the Stewie's way he has to qualify. Year. Like he's yeah, and I think that's what he tried to do, and he just fell off it earlier than what we come to expect with him. Yeah. yeah so whether that's do you reckon that's just lack of fitness I, with the injuries and stuff he's had this year? Well, or? I think about what he did when he paced Jakob. Like he got him to twelve hundred oh, yeah, on three twenty seven yeah. pace, and then the interview after that was like he's in shape, thinks he can get the Australian record, all focuses on world champs. So I don't know if something's happened in between. Um, yeah, but yeah, he did have he had a pace to do that pace job as well though. But yeah, I think w- when he gets to championship racing, not having that big turn of speed, keep you know, he makes him so vulnerable in these championships. And we saw it at the World Champs. Was it World Champs where he didn't qualify as well last year in Oregon, and then he was sick. He missed the comp games. Um, but that was from maybe the semi final, wasn't it? He'd been sick leading in as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So we've seen it before. Like, so he has to make it fast and kind of go gun to tape to get through. Um, and he just, yeah, he just ends up being the pacemaker for all these other guys that run over the top of him in the last lap, which is sad because we want to see him, like, get, yeah. I think this, they'd sit down and say this is, um, you know, this is the biggest race of the year. And for him not to make it out of the heats is pretty disappointing for everyone involved. Yeah. Hopefully he can, you know, get a really good solid 12 months under his belt now and come back for Paris because mm. everybody wants to see Stewie at his best, don't they? Yeah, remember the Olympics when he did gun to tape with both those to get into the final as well? Yeah. So, yeah. But then Adam Spencer, he was third. He ran 334.17 to make it through. And Matt Ramson got caught in some traffic and there was a stack. Two other guys behind him hit the ground pretty hard and he kind of got caught up on it and tripped but then got back up and... Um, finished the race. They all finished the race, but the other two were on the ground for a lot longer than Matt Ramsden. Um, so he finished 13th in his heat in 346, but then he got reinstated to go into the semi final. And Moose, you um, saying that you Adam... Have... Sorry. Sorry. Oh, my, uh, sorry. The other, did the other two blokes get put in as well? Reinstated? Yep. 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 So it was all of them went through, yeah. Yeah, because it made the semifinals a bit bigger, which were on the next day. Um, Can I just say, Adam Spencer's heat was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Like he ran a really smart, like considering coming off, you know, qualifying only a couple of weeks ago, massive PB, it would have been, um, I feel like, a big emotional thing for him to get there, but then he really executed that heat perfectly for his first kind of major championship yeah for sure and it looked like maybe it had taken its toll in the semi-final yeah because um, he looked pretty tired and yeah when the boys got moving he was um out the back a bit there but i think this was a massive pass mark just for him to get through the heats um so him and 
uh, Matt Ramsden were in the same... No, they were in the semi-final one for Ramsden. He was 13th in 336.8, so he didn't progress. And Adam Spencer was in the second one. He ran 344.2, was also 13th and didn't progress. Did you watch these, Ali? Did you see Jakob? This was drama yeah. here too. Like Mo Katir didn't make it through, which was big. Um, and Jakob just got himself boxed in. You go watch it, Moose. It's worth watching. He looked in trouble and then he just, yeah, found himself getting out of trouble maybe with 250 metres to go, went around the whole field, got up to uh, Josh Kerr and then started like getting the crowd up and about, like waving to the crowd to start clapping and stuff with 100 metres to go, looking around yeah. everywhere in the last 20 metres. There's a lot of celebrating for people um, qualifying for finals across both yeah. days. It was, it was odd and it was quite... That was an interesting one there what Jakob was doing. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, I found it really about. arrogant, to be honest. Like, I was just like, I think he likes playing that villain now. Um, yeah. I reckon he's a villain, not a hero. I reckon he's turned into the villain. I reckon people want to see him get rolled now with these kind of antics. At least I do. I'm all about the, the new guy, were discussing, they were actually having, Jules and I, we've, we've had this discussion before about whether you need to be arrogant to be, like, the best. And... They, the commentators were saying, you know, is this confidence or has this gone into arrogance? And then they were actually saying that same thing. Do you think that that's what you need to be as good as he is? Um, yeah. Because Jake well, Whitman's I still, been I doing... I like it, though. I like the arrogance. Yeah, I think it's it entertaining. But, yeah, it was almost like he's like, I'm going to make this as difficult as I can just to, like, do something a bit different and just show him how easy I can qualify from yeah. a really hard situation. And, then, and he didn't look stressed when he was nah. boxed in, did he? Even the last 50, he's just throwing his head around, smiling, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating final. Um, yeah, I can't yep. wait to watch that. And then our uh, our other boy, the Norwegian, Nordas, he also made it through to the final. And then I love this, Gert, so Jakob's dad, put a photo on Instagram quoting Britney Spears where it just said, oops, I did it again after his coach Nordas into the World Championships final. So we could see some fireworks amongst the Norwegians on the start line during the race. Do you, know, do you know like when Christian came on and talked about hmm. Gerd and, and the dramas and all that, that is still not in the public. This is, and it's that, real, it, like, yeah. It's still under, like it's, it's still a bit uncertain what's going on. And the actual, like, Chris has come on and told us exactly pretty much what's happening. And it, the story hasn't broken yet. Did you, talk, did you listen to the monthly where he was talking about Sondre Mullen? Um, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Same with that stuff. He's like, no, nah, Sondre's doing no media, but he's like, I'll just tell you guys about it. Yeah, um, but, but this is big. This, this is, is big. Controversial like stuff. How, how, how the sons and their relationship with their father is, like, this is the most fa- famous family in, um, in running. Hmm. And, and then and Gert's the back. I like it. Yeah, this is huge, actually. We should – this is drama in our sport. We should like this. This should get a yeah. bit of a tent. Well, I feel Jakob's acting more interesting that way. It's going to make the race more interesting, isn't it, watching yeah. them go head-to-head. Well, I feel Jakob's changed his attitude to that villain since this breakdown with his father. Oh, deep. Da- daddy issues. Mm, deep. And now it's like, oh, I reckon that's who he's talking to. What do you mean? When he's stirring the crowd up, you you mean he's sending a message to Daddy? He's like, look how good I am now, Dad, without your help. Yep. I think this is just Henry, Henry well, coaching me now. 
Yeah, Joe's thought that the him stirring the crowd up was something to do with that too. Yeah, Joe's and I are on the same page there. Yeah, he's right into it. Yeah, is he? Bigger Brits and drama, yeah. Joe's is into this now. He's watching. Joe's, it's crazy how much he knows about athletics now. It's, yeah. I think I, he's heard that many rants from me that he's just like <laughs> absorbed them all and... <laughs> Is he on Let's Run? Is he going through Let's Run? Yeah, probably. I hope he posts on Let's Run. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be so funny if we found out that one of those <laughs> Let's Run forum tests. There are a few, there are actually a few sneaky Australians that get on Let's Run and post. Oh, under yeah. You've worked them out, don't you? Jules has got them, yeah. Yeah, he's always Jules sending screenshots to me, Ali, with all the spare time he's got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so busy, but he's in 2018 Let's Run forums. Yeah. <laughs> Looking up IP addresses. Um, so that's going to be a big final. Um, there's some big names going through there. And, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see how, how it unfolds. Women's 15. You watch this, Ali. You can start talking about it because I just did all Moose's chat there. Yeah, the women's 15. So, um the semi-finals were on sort of in the middle of the night last night. Um, Jess Linden and Abby all made it through to the semi-finals, so they all looked really strong in the heats, actually. Um, and probably just one other person to note from the heats, Sophie O'Sullivan. So I know she runs for Ireland, but we're obviously going to claim her as Australian too. But she ran 402, um, just missed out on making the semis. So, so she... After this, I was like, that's a massive PB for her. And then I was thinking, I wonder what how much she's improved in the last couple of years. So I went on to her World Athletics. 2022, her PB was 4.17. And then she's run 4.02 in her first championship heat um, the other day. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah, just missed the semis. And then semifinal one was weaker than semifinal two. Lyndon was in the first one. She ended up finishing eighth in 4.03. So, like, I actually, watching it, I thought she was running a really smart race too. She was kind of positioned well, out of out of trouble. She was sitting, like, sort of first or second spot. And then she just faded. So the other girls kind of all went round her in the last lap. And, yeah, I don't know. She obviously just didn't have the legs, which, I mean, she's just come off a 3.57 a couple of weeks ago. So, you would have thought 403 was doable for her. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, and then semi-final two had Kip Yegon, Sifan Hassan and Laura Muir. Jess was really strong. So she finished sixth in 357.8, which is um, just slower than her PB. But, yeah, the, I think the girls at one were a couple of seconds ahead. They might have run 3.55. So she kind of – it looked like she was sort of cruising in once she realised she was safe in sixth as well. So maybe she's got a bit more um, time to take off her PB there. And Abby kind of got dropped and then had a really strong kick. To Like she finished in ninth, but she ended up running sub four. So she ran 3.59.79, which was a PB for her. Um so, yeah, obviously she's probably disappointed, I'm sure, not to make the final, but still her fastest run ever and, yeah, in a very, very tricky semifinal. So um, Jess into the final, which I think is tomorrow in the middle of the night, our time. Yeah, it's um, not much to there. Nah. They compress the races, don't they, where, like, these girls have run every day. 
pretty much. Yep, and then day off yeah. in the final. Yeah, it's pretty tight going for I mean, them. Like, the 805k people yeah, they doubling. Got it. What about yeah. Safan Hassan in the 10k? And then she backed up for the... um. So in the 10k, she... You've seen the footage of this, surely, Moose. She was in front yeah, and then hit the deck. yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw the photos too. <laughs> There's always drama with Sifan, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> like you can guarantee something crazy's gonna happen if she's in the race. <laughs> what did you make of it though? So she ended up I'm not sure what she finished, but she was in the sprint finish. Sagay ended up winning in thirty one twenty seven. Uh let's bet G'day was second and then uh Tay was third, so an Ethiopian one, two and three. Because Safan was sitting on the track with like twenty meters to go after she hit the deck, but did you think she was obstructed? So the, the camera, we could only see from side on. Um, so I wonder if what happened was so she was looking on the inside for Sege, and then I wonder if she started drifting wide because then it looks like they started clipping elbows. Did you mm, see that? Yeah. So I actually wonder if she was kind of coming into Sege's line, who was you know, trying to get around her. But then it, the fall almost looked like her legs actually just gave way. Mm. So I don't know. I, I don't think it was Sege's fault. No, like, you I know think how she was trying to take that. her like She looks around, around so much, yeah. Yeah, doing all this stuff. Like I can't imagine she's running in a dead straight line. Yeah. Well, it was but, similar to G'day yeah. at World Cross the minute she, like, because I thought um, Sege was going to actually get her anyway but it was like the minute she actually went half a step in front of her she just collapsed yeah like it was, it was really it was similar that legs yeah, legs just, gave way yeah 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 it was interesting apparently afterwards she was like yeah that's just racing whatever <laughs> well i was surprised how quickly they're just like oh yeah and the winner's gay and that's just shattering for hassan i'm like sure there's an, an appeal something's going to happen here because she actually deserved to at least get second the way she raced yeah i wonder if they did protest or mm. Not sure. But then she rocked up the next day with, like, tape all over her. Did you see when they were introducing her for the 15? Was it the 15 yeah. semi? She's just, like, yawning and just, like, did not <laughs> want to be there. Yeah. I saw and that. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty hard backup, though, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, 10,000 where you've had a stack. Uh, <laughs> and then, but, I mean, she cruised through the semis, so obviously didn't affect her too much. Yeah. Do you think she's acting a little bit with, with all that? Like blase kind of um, behavior. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I just like she's quite fascinating, isn't she? Yeah, she's good for the sport. Imagine yawning on the start line of a world champ semi. Like, what about in the 10k at one stage she was literally like 20 meters off the back, so she wasn't even you know how she often just sits at the back and waits. It was like she'd been dropped. There was a 20-metre gap between her and the next girl. And see, that isn't good for, like, that's not good for your race. No. Like, but imagine that, being that's hurting that you. confident. Imagine thinking, like, oh, yeah, they've dropped me, but that's all right. I'll just catch back up and then go to the front when I can be bothered. Like, imagine, imagine being that person that could do that. Mm. It's crazy. She is trying to triple. Yeah, yeah, but that you have to run like eight seconds quicker than the girls in front for a 400-meter rep to get to the same spot they are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's just a point. It's completely pointless to let a gap like that open up. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Nah. I'd Man. love to, yeah, 
get inside her head. Keep watching her the next couple of days. Chapter Guy was amazing in the men's 10K. He won in 27.51. Huge move with 50 metres to go and ran the last lap in 53.4 seconds. Uh, took down, or well, Borega was the big threat. He looked like he was coming up on his shoulder with 100 metres to go, but he did fade to third in 27.52.7. And Abenyo from Kenya was second in 27.52.6. This was fascinating as well. They do that, they did it at the Olympics, or was it World Champs, where they send the third Ugandan out and he just pretty much fangs it for 13 minutes, drops everyone, and then just walks off the track. Um, so they did that again. And then, yeah, that yeah, was weird. weird. Like he had no impact. Like they weren't really chasing It doesn't him. seem to affect the rate. Yeah, exactly. It seems like a pointless strategy because last time they didn't go with it and this time they didn't go with it. Yeah. You'd be pretty dirty as that Ugandan getting told to do that, especially when no one goes with you. I You're like, well, he only I'll... got put in late because Kipolimo pulled out. Yeah, but same yeah. deal. Like, what? What's the point? Yeah. Like, wh- why would I? Why would I do this? If, like, look around. If no one's with you, all right. This hasn't worked, boys. Just back to it now. Yeah. Rather. Than, yeah. Shit. It's going to be fascinating the next couple of days. Keep watching that stuff. SBS Viceland if you're here in Australia, and then you can watch the recaps if you've got the app. National Cross Country is the last bit of news this week. Bit of a quick preview. It's in Canberra, at Stromlo. I wonder if Croak's be on the on the ground moose. Will he be recovered in time? Getting <laughs> mate, getting him down this athletics eh? event. Hard work. Yeah. I reckon we could though. Might have to offer yeah. him a free beverage or something. Maybe we'll pay for his meat pie at lunch. Yeah. We'll give an update on him at the end of the show because we have heard from him recently. Uh, but who's going to win? He's got some notes here. He reckons Liam Pompiani's going to beat Jen Gregson and Holly Campbell third. Andy Buchanan to beat Ed Marks to beat Ed Goddard for the men's. I've gone Andy to beat Jack Rayner to beat Ed Marks. Ed Goddard for fourth. I've gone Jen, Leanne and Gemma Maney for the first three. We have a watch on Zoe Buckman. First time I've seen her in a high-level race for a long time. Who you got, so Ellie? Pick- Sorry. Oh, no, I'm Ooh. just questioning your picks. You've gone Leanne. Oh, no, I've you've gone Jen. Jen over Leanne. Yep, because uh, Leanne Strong pulled out. Strongo is Leanne's. Stomping ground. She pulled out a city to surf, though. That's the only reason why I've put it oh, in yeah. there. And I'm like, Do we so, know what happened nah, there? Yeah, that's no. it. So that's why I've got a question mark on Leanne. And we've just spoken about how good Jen is as a racer. So. Yeah, that'll be a good race. Mm. And Leanne will, like, because Jen beat Leanne at Sydney Harbour 10, so Leanne will be pumped to try and mm. get her one back, I reckon. Yep. And Stromlo, yeah. Mm. We're going to go Leanne. Okay. Moose, who you got? Uh yeah, I'm going Leanne. But I'm gonna um I'm gonna oh shit, it's a hard I reckon the men's is harder to pick. Oh yeah. Look, yeah. Look, yeah, like Andy very good cross country runner. And I think that's where he he's earned favouritism here. But you've got a bloke like um Zach Faccioni, he's a bit of a wild card. You've got Ed nah, Goddard. Who is it? He, he was, was at Bandura. Bandura. I know he was at I know, but that was at Bandura. We don't know what happened since then. Ed Goddard. That he's guy much easier everyone. course this one too. He beat Andy down the down at Tassie, didn't he? Yeah, yep, he did. Andy's yeah. only got fitter though since that. Yeah, I'm going Ed, Andy. Ed Goddard's won everything he's raced lately. I know. Everything. 
But Go on, Ed to beat Andy. A that's lot of that's in Sydney with not a lot of competition. Ed Marks was using that race on the weekend because he wanted to tune up as well. He wanted to tune up Andy. for National Cross, and he looks pretty good out there. He'll be out for um, Had the Andy after on. Bandura. The circle Ray-Bans. Really? You see him, you see him in a race? Yeah. yeah. That is in not the good kit. In the Ekaden, yeah. <laughs> circle Ray-Bans are a no. Don't you have circle Ray-Bans? Do I? Yeah. No, I don't. I feel like you do. <laughs> Only my my like work glasses are they're actually hexagonal Ray Bans. <laughs> <laughs> they are. But what about Jack? No one tipping Jack? So he's Jack running. Yep. It's in the Victorian team. They picked it yesterday. Ooh. Did a real weird thing, Victoria, this year where you could nominate pay the levy to start and then they pick the team afterwards. Yeah, I saw. So I saw they'd announced the teams, but there were like twenty people yeah, in it. Yeah, And then they actually rang me the other day to ask if I was doing work, uh, National Cross, <laughs> and I was like, "No, I thought you already picked the teams." And they're like, "Oh no, we haven't. We just you hadn't nominated, but we were just ringing to check if you wanted to not if you meant to nominate and you hadn't or whatever." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. I reckon that's how Jack. I don't think he was on that first one, but now he's in the the second bit. How's the prize money though? That's not that's a new thing, isn't it? Four grand for first, two and a half for second, yeah, one thousand five hundred for third. Pays all the way down to six. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I like that. maybe you should do that. <laughs> I didn't know about the prize money when they rang me the other day. Live stream costs you six dollars ninety nine though for a full day of coverage. You know who we might Ooh. see out there now with this money? Who? Croaks. Crokes <laughs> could be pulling the kid on the old ACT kit. Croaks can come in top six at this race, though. I reckon he'd like himself. No, top six, I reckon he could do it. His love of money would get him over the line for fifth or sixth, I reckon. Maybe. Get a hard update from him. It's going to be good. We'll put some links in the uh, show notes for the field. Did you tell me a winner, Ali? You did, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. I said Leanne. Did you say men? Andy. Andy. Our boy from Bendigo. Listen to question. Your job's to read this out as well, Ali. Yep. So for the marathon, how far out from race day should you start fueling long runs at planned race day levels? And this is from Ian Buckley. Ooh, did you do it on – you did it on Sunday, Moose, four weeks out? Uh, not this Sunday, no. I was... How many gels did you have? Do you know why I, do you know why I didn't do it on Sunday? Too Brady? busy to buy gels. Oh, no, Brady, you shouldn't have asked this. Oh, God. I didn't ask. He asked me if I knew. Oh, no. Why? Do you know why? We've already argued about this for like 10 hours. Why? Because, right, so I needed a table because my tables are at work. And I said to Ali early afternoon on Saturday. No, 9.30 p.m., 9.30 p.m. Have you got a table I can borrow? Can you please bring it to the long run? Yeah, yeah, I've got one. Great. I'll, I'll bring it. I'll, I'll, I'll put a reminder in my phone. And so I thought, okay, that's good. And then this back, this thought in the back of my mind's going off like, oh, I should organise a second table. Like Ali is a really high chance to flake out on this because she often doesn't really do things she says she's going to do. And so I'm driving the long run. I'm like, great. I know where I'm going to put the table, rah, rah, rah. Oh, I forgot the table. Text message. So I'm trying to pick bottles up off the ground, off the side of the road in the bush, 
run at 3.15 pace, it's just not possible to do. Not off the ground, like when you're as stiff and old and tight as I am. So I had other bottles that I would have loved to take, Brady, but I couldn't because they were on the ground because someone didn't bring a table that they promised to me. Couldn't you just move, um, couldn't you just have a car in different spots nah. and go off the bonnets? Couldn't do it. Not okay. on this road. But, okay. like, how many bottles did you need to pick up at 3.15 pace? One, if that. Two. No, one, because you were running back the other way. There was two bottles I needed that I couldn't get to. That, just, no, there weren't answer, two needed at that pace. Let's just answer Ian's question, I reckon, guys. Anyway. Anyway, was... I copped this Brady all yeah. day. Sunday, like he was fuming, and I knew when I forgot it too that he was going to be fuming. But it was a ridiculous carry on. Just anyway, to take some ownership over his own organisation, I reckon. Yeah, Ali. bring your own fucking, fucking table. Hell, hard is it? <laughs> don't start me again. Let's go into the question. Ian's asked a great question, Ali. Why don't you answer it first? Okay, so well, planned race day levels. So for me, that's I take a gel about every five k's. I would say I, I, I take gels every long run, but every 5K I probably only do a couple of times during the block, which I actually don't think is the right thing to do. I think you should practice it more. Um, how far out from race day should you start fueling? If you, if you are confident in your nutrition plan, you've never had issues, you're taking the same nutrition you've tried before, I think – as long as you're still taking gels on long runs, doing a proper um, full rehearsal day where you do everything as at, you would on race day, I think you don't need to do till maybe six, five or six weeks out. Um, if it's new, I think you need to be practicing that stuff from the very start of your marathon block. And I think ideally, and I've spoken with sports dietitians about this, I think they would recommend that you're actually doing your race fueling for all of those long run workouts in your training block. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Because it also helps with not only get your guts ready, but helps with the recovery for for afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah, find if I take to be that seven gels, isn't it? yeah, it's well, one like it's a lot of it's a lot of gels to take on a run. But if I took seven gels every Sunday, I'd feel so sick every Sunday afternoon. Like I did, I don't know about you guys, but it, if I take the amount that I take in a race, it really messes with my guts for the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably lack of gut training. Look, it's probably better to start earlier than later for Ian's question here. Yeah, I, I think it's person dependent. Like if you're pretty experienced in um marathoning and you and you know that what you can take on race day is um is safe in in terms of your like gut like you said like and you've found like your threshold of how much you can take before it creates issues then i don't think you need to do it every single week and i don't think you need to do it before six weeks out but if you're new like ali said i think you need to yeah, basically find the amount that you're comfortable with in your gut. It's almost like a trial and error experiment um, in the lead up where you, you want to work out the maximum you could take before you start to feel the effects of it because that's going to 
um, be your level that you want to avoid getting to. Um, so the more, almost like the more the better is, is the way to go, but you'll never know the limit unless you practice it and you find the limit. And also sometimes you can find the limit, but then you can keep practicing that and you can actually tolerate it better too. Yes. So that's probably the mistake some people make is they take for the first time ever, they take two gels or three gels on a run and then they're like, oh, that made me feel a bit sick. So then they just don't do that anymore. But like, you know, under fueling is such a way to stuff your marathon that in my mind it's worth, yeah, really trying to push your limits with how much you can tolerate and and that's where i guess if you, the earlier you start in the block you more the more time you have to do that um but you're not obviously going to go from zero gels to six in your first long run well the gut can be trained can't it so it's it's like conditioning a muscle is you, you're conditioning the gut to, to handle uh higher levels of carbohydrate in there and so that's that's pretty much what you're doing you're just training it through long runs yeah i think people like maybe similar shift that you've been kind of talking about the last few weeks moose that i would only pull this stuff out when you start doing the longest the super long stuff or the marathon specific stuff on your sundays but now it's like every long run you're just having the gels there so you're kind of like doing the work before you need to do the work like getting the gut ready before you need to get it ready at another level yeah were were you the same were you always like hey didn't bother with gels until it was like super long or, or you started doing fast stuff I, I never touched gels for easy days out in the bush. Mm. I only started like two hours doing time that. on feet. You wouldn't take a gel. Yeah, but but then I started learning a little. Yeah. Then I started well, not learning, listening. Yeah, I'm like, who are the experts here? They're the sports dietitians. Like, listen to them. Forget the old school way of thinking and running. Listen to the scientists. They're the ones that are actually helping people here. Mm. And so once you start listening, it all makes so much more sense. You're like, yeah, like it, it's not tough to not take gels, just like it's not tough to, to not take water. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So for Ian here, it's just like you could be starting a long way out from your marathon to be able to handle just two or three gels on your long run before yeah. then you start going. You don't jump in from zero to five. And a, and a less experienced runner is going to require more um, supplementation on, on runs 80 minutes longer than an experienced runner. They'll be much less adapted to be to be uh, running under fueled or, or with no fuel, fasted or whatever you want to call it. So I'd say that someone less experienced needs to prioritise that more than someone more experienced. Yep. All right, Moose on the Loose Perch of the Week. Bring this episode home. It's been going for a long time. Well, yeah, I didn't really have any anything today except for the shit that i've been putting up with from you about these bats like, <laughs> fuck you gotta you carry on so much i carry you, on hardly mentioned talk, it Just... talking of like no in our own personal message group talk about creating a villain team you're creating a villain team right now i think it's because you support collingwood and you like you love to be the the pies team that everyone trouble. hates pies are in the, big trouble the team that everybody hates that is what you're playing up to, and you shouldn't do that because it's, they're just a bunch of kids, mate. You don't want the whole of AB to hate your team. <laughs> I, don't and know, you do I don't know if everyone hates it. Sorry. No one hates them except you. Yeah. Oh. You get, you, there's a message group It's like, how can we trigger Moose the most? And it's just like just, just <laughs> darting things out there. Zacha hates him too. Now, Zacha's a big fan of us. He's working Zaka's on some merch for us at the moment, actually. 
Brady, I heard though that everyone got a tattoo except you. Only because so I haven't had the time yet. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get two. I reckon I'll get 2022 and 2023. But okay, yeah, you're correct. I haven't. With I haven't the got carry on, you have to get the tattoo. Yeah, I'll get the tattoo for sure. I don't think Archie's got his yet. Are you, are you getting that one that the kid drew? Yeah, it's the same like, logo. Yeah, the bat. There's was, a guy in Bendigo who's like got the stencil, and you go to it's someone's dad's <laughs> next door neighbor's brother, and he does them in the shed or something. It's something real dodgy. So you got to like, yeah, I don't kind of have the time just to drive down to Bendy Young. Where are you going to get it? I'll, go, I'll get one on my neck and then one on my arm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon I'll get one of them on my um, my quad where Moose has got his Chico State one. Get a, get one of the bats there. And he's got his on his rib cage. That must have hurt a bit. Don't know where yeah. I'll get the other one. But yeah, so we've got to finish the year off to worry about where the second one goes. Yeah, that's good news. Get, a, get around as listeners what? if you're out there. Bendigo Bats on Instagram, nearly hit a 1,000 followers. The boys are doing a good job on that. How long before the team, like, crumbles like St. Stephen's? Because mm. you know they're... Well, we they're... haven't put the money in. We're not we're, yeah. we're not like them, though. We've just got local kids running for us. Locals are Rel- just about... Relegation for um, St. Stephen's. They're done. Yeah. They can't get out, done. can they? They're done. They're fully cooked. That's big, isn't it, from premiers a couple of years ago to getting relegated. Oh, yeah, God. No juniors coming. They don't have juniors. Is that it, is it? I'm not sure where they're sitting, but, yeah, I think they were in trouble. But they pulled out some big names on the weekend to try to have a good result. But I think they were mm. second last in front of you boys. <laughs> too late. Anyway, too much too late. Yeah, I don't really follow it past fourth or, fourth or fifth, Ellie, but they'd be around <laughs> there somewhere. <laughs> um, what about your purchase of the week? You were spending some stuff today while Crokes was having surgery. Oh, yeah, I used the company card. I went, I went bang. Online, he'll have a he'll have a second heart attack when he wakes up. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. getting, some, getting some new microphones. People hear that Ali sounds a bit crisper. That's not because she's got a new microphone yet, but it's um because we just changed some things after we've had some issues with her audio in the past. So thanks to our um. Yeah, I'm just a poor old fill-in with my corded headphones. I've given you one. I thought you had one down there, but you just never use it. No, you gave me one, but it doesn't work. The only people that have problems with those mics are you and Moose. Croaks and I have exactly the same <laughs> mics. Give us the shittest mics. Exactly the same as mine and Croaks. You have a broken one. You buy the cheapest shit. I don't buy it. Croaks in charge of the money. He's the one having a heart attack when he checks the bank statement when he wakes up from this surgery tonight. Jules, what about your TV as well? Oh, yeah. did get a little TV for the gym. Sneaky little wall mount too, so I can watch it when I'm on the treddy and then swivel it around and while I'm doing a workout, I can watch it. What, you bought that on the company card? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all Jeez. it contributes to the content, this um, this show, doesn't it? Croak's going to love that. A bit of an update from Croak's. We did hear from him. So he had his surgery this morning. He went in at 8 a.m., I think he said. We're talking to Viv throughout the day as well, which was good. Um, it's more questions than answers, though, I think. I think everything went pretty smoothly. There were no complications. But he said that he's still got some questions because they weren't able to bring the sustained arrhythmia on in the operation. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but yeah, he's hopefully getting discharged from hospital tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. So big day for him and Viv, but hopefully we get some more news uh, shortly and then he'll be back on the air next week. So hopefully everything's going well in his life. What's coming up, Moose? Oh, uh, back to work proper this week. And then this Sunday, actually, we're doing a long run in Geelong. 
it's going to be a, it's like the running company kind of setup. We've done it in the past before Melbourne Marathon, where we invite everyone down. We're going to have Morton Jowls out on it, like a 10k loop. Tables so, or on the ground? I'll no, bring me table. Tables. <laughs> I've got two tables there at work. See, I'm not going to let the people down here. So I'll bring two tables, Morton Jowls. We're going to have New Balance shoes. You can test their ratio on the um on the, the day of the long run. And if you reckon it works well for you, then perhaps you can buy a sneaky pair at the running company Geelong. Uh, but it's a great chance to see how one could go over a long run. Because it's a bit different, chuck a shoe on, run on the treddy for 20 seconds or something, versus you get to run in these things for 40K if you want and see how they're at the back end of the marathon. Are they going to work for you? So that's exactly what I'm doing this week, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to see how they work. So what session down. are you going to do? Uh... I haven't decided. Okay. How many what K's you do, do? How many K's you do the other week for that fifteen K race? But you did it for thirty K, didn't you? How many? Thirty. K, how what pace? Uh, I can't remember. Mm. What about three by seven? One K float. At what pace? Total. What, what pace should I run? Do do two K float. Marathon pace. What have you been running? Three fifteen. Three fifteen. Three <laughs> I think you should. Run three twenties. For what? Yeah, three by seven. Time. Yeah. You think I should do three by seven k? Yeah. With two k float at three forties. I did that before Gold Coast. Yeah. Ran two twenty. Average three twenties. That's my. I, I like that session. It's a good session. Thirty five k total. I reckon. I actually like the two k float, like because it actually is harder. It sounds easy, but it makes it harder because the session's so much longer. Do you only float 20 seconds slower? Yep. Yeah, that's pretty hard, I reckon. Yep. Yeah, that is a, that's a quick float, though. It's one of your workouts because Toby and I did it first. Yeah, I don't think I said 20 seconds slower. I would have said 25 or 30. Oh, I think it was I maybe 25, I reckon. Yeah. You ended up. You might have ended up yeah. floating a bit quicker, did you? Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon that's a good one because it's, it's long – intervals at marathon pace you get a bit more of a feel for it yeah that was a staple we we've done that like mm, three you know weeks what? out pretty much every time that is it comes yeah. out 21k though you could save that for burnley half marathon the week after nah it doesn't come out at 21 with the floats oh yeah so sorry well you don't yeah. do the last float are you gonna do the last float you do the last float on this one you do the mm. last float unless you're cooked we didn't do the last float because we were cooked yeah, well, look how that went for you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Ali, what do you got coming up? Um, nothing, really. Nothing. You back just working training. at all or just full-time athlete? Nah, just... Um, mum as well. Full-time so mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest job there is, they say. She watches a <laughs> shitload of Netflix, I tell you. <laughs> do not. Me and Tiggy are just going to be watching full repeat plays of the athletics all week. She actually loves it. So she copies, you know, when they call them out and they all do like a wave to the crowd when mm. they're introducing all the athletes. <laughs> she she copies back. them all, waves back. Yeah. <laughs> it's real funny. What about Fred Curley not making it through today? Olivia and I were watching yeah. it today as well. Same thing. I was shocked to see that. Yeah, rocked up in his gold assets in all the events. Gold ASIC spikes and doesn't make it through the final. They were saying though that he his form hadn't been that good over the last couple of months. 
Yeah, okay. So I don't know what's been going on, but they before that race even they said, oh, you know, there's actually a few question marks about him. So anyway, we're mm. done, listeners. Hope you enjoyed those last two hours. Can't believe we went for so long. Do it all again next week, Moose. The uh, what are we called? Road Berlin Thursday, listeners. So uh, keep an eye out for that on Patreon. Thanks for filling in, Ali. Really appreciate that. Thanks, Moose. No worries. Bye, guys. Special thanks to ASICS for sponsoring this episode of the Inside Running Podcast. Stability has never felt better than with the Gel Kayano 30. Updated with a 4D guidance system for support right when you need it and pure gel technology for softer landings every time. Visit ASICS.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. I'm not sure.